Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Running a salon can feel hard if you're juggling all of these balls and you feel like you just can't catch a break because if you do, some of those balls are going to hit the ground. But running a salon can also be the adventure of a lifetime. New opportunities to grow not only your business, but to grow as a person. That is what really excites us. And sometimes the opportunity feels like they appear like out of nowhere and they take us on another wild adventure. So on today's Today's episode of the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. I'm super excited to introduce you to Kate Jarrett. She's the founder of Hair by Loxies. And Kate and I chatted about her business adventure, the success and the failures, and how she started all over again. You're really going to love and be inspired by the story. So let's jump right on in. Kate, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Very pleased to have you here. Thanks, Larissa. I'm so excited to be here. So before we get started, why don't we start with who are you, Kate? Where do you live? Where do you come from? How did you get to be here? Tell us a little bit of your journey. Okay, so my name is Kate Jarrett. I am mother to Eden, Marley and Rocco. Um, I am wife-to-be to Justin. Um, I'm a business owner. Um, so 13 years ago, I started a salon brand kind of accidentally. Um, which has led me to where I am today. Um, and now I own a wholesale business, which focuses in, on um, wholesaling hair extensions to other salons. Now, you're not a hairdresser. So oh let's start with the, how did you decide to open a salon? Let's start yes. with that story. That is a great question. I would love to know And <laughs> when I scroll back. Um, so... <laughs> It's, a, it's been such a wild journey. So I'm from the corporate world, I suppose, is my background. I never studied at university. Um, there was a joke within my family, like I just had more jobs than anybody that you knew would jump around job to job. Um, and I, I came across a method of hair extensions, which absolutely transformed my own hair. And for the first time in my life, I loved my hair. So I fell in love with extensions. I ended up training in this method, um, just really as a hobby, another job to add to my list. Um, and it was just kind of a little side hustle. I thought I love them myself. How cool to be able to give other women that same feeling and experience. Um, and then the more I did it, the more I fell in love with it. And it was like, it kind of got to the point after about a year of working in my day job and then seeing clients in the evening and on weekends that I was like, this is kind of, this is, could be a legitimate business. Um, and I ended up leaving my job to focus on hair extensions full time. So it's kind of, there's an ongoing joke with me that, you know, I'm not, I'm still not great at curling my own hair. I can't cut, I can't color, but it really got to the point for me where it was, um, you know, I either train to do those things or I hire a team that can do those things and train them in hair extensions. And so that was the journey that I chose to go with. Yeah. 
So 2009 is when you started to do the, the side hustle and a couple, yeah. of, couple of years later, 2011. Uh, tell us about kind of transitioning from solo entrepreneur to, okay, I'm ready to build a brand, mm. employ some team members. Yeah. Um, tell us about that yeah. part. I mean, building the brand was a, a happy accident, I suppose, that came along with the journey. Um, and I, I wouldn't have known at the time that I was actually very intentionally building a brand. Of course, with the knowledge I have now, in hindsight, I can see that I was. Um, but it was just an absolute necessity. It was like these these clients were leaving my little home studio um, with hair extensions that I'd installed, but I couldn't cut them or color them. And so they looked terrible. Like I, I laugh looking back at the before and after photos um, because for seamless extensions, as every stylist knows, you need to be able to cut and color them um, for, or, or at bare minimum, be able to cut, uh, cut them, blend them into the client's natural hair. Um, so it was just non-negotiable. These clients were leaving with not the finished product. Um, so I had to be able to bring on a team member to be able to support me to give the full package to our clients. Um, and it just happened really organically. I came across um, Amy, my first ever stylist, who I'm still in contact with to this day. Um, and I found a little retail space that was super reasonably priced and very doable for me um, on an overheads level. Um, and Amy came on board and then we outgrew that space within a year. So it was just this organic um, growth, but very quickly, the team, it was like, we need someone else. We need someone else. Now we need an administrator. And before I knew it, we were a team of, you know, a fair few across multiple locations. Now, Kate, for those that are listening, uh, we have listeners all around the world, US, mm -hmm. UK. Mm -hmm. uh, where is all of this happening? Yes, yeah, so sorry, I didn't mention that earlier, where I am. I'm based in Auckland. Um, so my my home salon was based in Auckland. Um, my first retail space was in Auckland. A year later, I went on to open in Wellington, New Zealand as well. Um, a few years later, closed that. And then um, most recently had two salons in Auckland, one in Ponsonby and one in Commercial Bay, which is on the waterfront in Auckland City. Um, so let's talk about two locations. Let's mm -hmm. talk about two, like one, choosing to have two salons, two, <laughs> choosing to have two salons in two different cities. Yeah. New Zealand is not that big, but, you know, mm. there's a, a nine hour drive between the two. Mm -hmm. So take us through that journey and that thinking, one, the two cities and then two, mm. managing two locations. Yeah, I mean, so some context here for that decision making was I was, 20, 23 or 24, um, drunk on like passion and love for what I was doing and um, so excitable. And as the brand grew in Auckland, just the demand that I was getting from other parts of New Zealand was like, there's really something here because Loxies was one of the first places to really do extensions and do them really well. Um, and so I would get messages like, please, we need a salon in Wellington. We need one in Christchurch. We need, you know, and I'm from Wellington. And so it felt like a bit of a natural, um, you, you know, part of the process, I suppose, which is weird looking back because it's a huge, huge decision. Um, but I think I got to the point where I thought, okay, I'm going to give this a go. I'll go to Wellington if I can find a space and if I can find the people, um, then I'll do it. But I'll, uh, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll be kind of thing. And I think the first trip that I did down there, 
I found the most perfect location um, and it all just seemed to happen as everything else in the journey had in the most beautiful natural way and it just felt really right. Um, the realities of managing two locations that far apart when you're really at a stage in the business where I mean what was culture what were we how, what was how did we do things you know I was still only one year into getting things up and running in the Auckland salon I was now pregnant with my first child commuting between the two locations um, it was so much harder than I could have imagined um, and eventually you know that led to the decision to not keep that salon um, but yeah it was just pure um, pure passion and opportunity grabbing opportunities as they presented themselves yeah which is um is what makes life of an entrepreneur it's those things that yeah. light us up puts yes. fire in our belly it's a bit of an entrepreneurial curse really yes um, I feel yes. you know yes, it's it equ is. equally weighted with the pros <laughs> and the cons yes um now quick question uh, I am in Wellington uh you have you had a beautiful space in Tory Street mm -hmm. was that the yes. only place that you were it was yeah. yeah okay yeah. it was it was a beautiful and maybe a historic building I'm not quite sure it was yeah a beautiful the building. old El Casino yeah. spot yep oh yes, yes yes um El Casino was a very famous locally famous restaurant that was there yes. for years and years and years mm -hmm. very much a character historic building it was beautiful mm -hmm. so I can mm -hmm. see why you wanted to go there for sure yeah yeah and right next to Spring Spot we had great neighbors a lot of foot traffic it was just it was yeah felt really right yeah okay so what finally or when did you finally decide to move your second location back to Auckland um I think that my daughter was probably about two um I had about 20 hours of childcare a week I was living quite far out of the city and I was just spending so much of my life commuting um and I just had a light bulb moment of is this working do I really want to do this um and I started to make some hard decisions around not keeping the business down there. And I was very clear the whole way on like, I can continue going. I can absolutely keep doing this. Do I want to? Completely different story. Um, and I just didn't want to. I wanted to be there for my daughter. I wanted to have another child. Um, and I just knew that it wasn't sustainable in the way that it was going and that I would rather shrink down um, to a much more manageable level and, and do one salon and do it amazingly well then try and split my efforts between the two um, just because I'd made the decision and therefore I had to keep going it's like I mm. reminding myself I had options there um, and again that you know it worked out beautifully and my one of my original team members down there Zara took over the business um, all the same stylists were there the same clients continued coming in she changed the name of course of the business um, and then she continued to stock my hair extensions so it was just the most beautiful transition um, that didn't impact anybody negatively um, but allowed me to step back in the way that I really needed to yeah that's perfect yeah I love that yeah. yeah and then you mentioned the decision to move to two within Auckland I mean it was a few years before the opportunity to have two within Auckland presented itself to me um, and again that wasn't a I really want to do another salon it was um, I got an opportunity to open a store uh, open a salon within Commercial Bay so Commercial Bay is this beautiful new development right on the waterfront in Auckland City um, 
really talked about for many, many years, um, quite behind schedule on the construction, but a very different um, concept when it comes to New Zealand malls. It's kind of, it feels like you could be in Singapore. It's all open air. It's just beautiful. Um, and I got the opportunity to open a salon in there. And again, it was like, this is really an opportunity that's too good to turn down. And so I went ahead with it. But again, it wasn't part of the plan so much. Um, this is this feels like a reoccurring theme probably not just for you which is maybe yeah. why I'm tuning into it I feel like again sort of a strong entrepreneurial uh, creative business type maybe something we have in common Kate mm -hmm. um, this feels like um, uh, being an opportunist yes. it, it takes us places yes. you know that we otherwise wouldn't go and I think that's mm -hmm. um, it's really it's great um, sometimes comes at a cost because it's not always oh. the right time possibly yeah yeah um, but it is also yeah, yeah but it is also the reason that we make advancements and, and yes and move forward so absolutely okay, okay let's um I want to kind of talk a little bit about um sort of the cost personally at running mm. a business but I think what might be useful before we do that um, because I know a lot of owners are going to resonate with that um, let's kind of close the business journey story, mm. if you will. Um, you've got two salons now in Auckland. Mm -hmm. Take us through to the most recent time. What you, you've now, COVID comes along mm -hmm. and things change somewhat. So take us through that journey. Yeah, the big C came along and, um, and unfortunately COVID came just at the worst possible time for us. So I didn't quite have two salons open at that stage. Um, so Commercial Bay, which was the biggest, most expensive project of my career, um, was due to open in March 2020. And that was, of course, when the first lockdown happened in New Zealand. Um, so we went into COVID really financially stretched um, and, you know, stepped into it like, what kind of trading environment are we coming back into? Opening a new salon, nobody's in the, in the CBD, all of the rules that we had. Um, and then, you know, we were kind of okay. We hit that second lockdown that first year. Um, we needed to take on a lot of debt in order to survive that time. Um, and we did have a real sweet spot kind of in the middle there where it was like, you know, the one thing that Loxy's never had a problem with, which is a testament to the team and the products, was we were always busy. You know, we had a lot of demand for our services, which was fantastic. Um, and it kind of got to this point around the beginning of 2022, oh, sorry, 2021, um, where it was like, okay, we've got a lot of debt from COVID, but things are looking really positive. So I started to reinvest in the business. Um, I, I launched a hairbrush range. I actually signed a third lease for a salon. Again, another opportunity that approached me that um, felt too good to say no to. Um, and I invested heavily in the redesign of one of the salons and the new salon. Um, and then completely out of the blue came that August 2021 lockdown. Um, and the day that that happened, I had paid for our wages bill that day for the fortnight. I had paid for a hair order, which you know comes from a manufacturer in China and has huge deposits. Um, and at 9 p.m. that night, when we went into lockdown, I had zero available funds in the bank account. And we were at the bottom of the overdraft. That was a rather large overdraft. Um, and we went into lockdown for 100 days. 
and I was this was the this was the second lockdown so we're late 2020 now well it was the third oh. lockdown actually for oh, us because we had a lockdown yeah this was 2021 August in fact Wellington didn't go into this lockdown either this is only Auckland um and it turned out to be a hundred day lockdown and this was a very different lockdown compared to the first you know at first and second um and that people had done lockdowns before, right? So landlords weren't as flexible as they were before. Um, everyone kind of thought we're coming through it soon, like it's not going to be a big deal. Um, and so I went into that time, eight months pregnant with my third child, um, zero available funds in the bank account, no income, and still expected to pay the team, you know, wage subsidy plus 80%, uh, top them up to 80% of their normal wages, um, pay our overheads, all of these things. It was just completely impossible. So unfortunately, that was the lockdown that was really the nail in the coffin for us. Um, and it was all just such unfortunate timing. You know, in hindsight, it's like, oh, if only I hadn't have paid that bill. You know, if the, the timing had been slightly different. Um, and post that lockdown, you know, that was, uh, we opened back up December 2021. We traded 2022 in the beginning of 2023, but in May, I made the decision to close the salons. Um, and we we were just treading water for 18 months, basically. Um, and again, you know, we were so busy. And when we closed, everyone was like, but you're so busy. I don't understand. I, I don't come in and you're ever quiet. And turning over was not a problem for us, but the debt that we carried from that time was just too much. And um, I think the fact that we made it, you know, another 18 months was just a testament to the team, the product, the loyalty from our clients. And I'm now like a wizard when it comes to managing cash flow <laughs> and like, you know, in a really good and tragic way um, because it was just such a juggle. And so uh, in May, I made the decision to close both of the salons um, after, yeah, around about 13 years of trading. So quite a shock to everyone. Um, except to me, because I knew in my heart of hearts that it was coming for quite some time. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're going to get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team. You love your team. But you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease, in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more because everybody wins, the team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that moment that you decided, tell me a little yeah. bit about that, because, you know, you, you know, it's coming for a long time. You're thinking about it, it's probably keeping you up late at night mm -hmm. tell me about the moment like what was the moment that was actually like no I'm taking action now it wasn't a moment Larissa there was there was so many moments there was like there was probably just a point where it was like I'm sick of listening to myself obsess over this like you know exactly what needs to happen um so 
yeah, I mean, it was, it was three months of like, I can see where this is going. I'm, I'm too burnt out. You know, I can't continue with this. What are my options? Kind of getting to a month out, exploring all options. Um, and then, you know, we had some changes in the team that actually made the decision for me. It was like, we got to the point uh, after that um, August lockdown, you know, we came back and wage costs went up exponentially, cost of goods went up. And so I was coming towards this cash flow crunch that I just knew I wasn't going to be able to get through. So I kind of, I kind of had other people help me make the decision. I had some team members decide to go out on their own and it was like, okay, this is it. I have no choice now. And so I'm choosing to do this. Um, so it wasn't a moment as such. It was just finally listening to my gut and what I knew to be right. Yeah. 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 I think you're so brave because that that is the the hardest decision ever. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. up there. <laughs> yeah. And you need to sit on it for a long time. And that's a lot of waking yeah. up at three in the morning and questioning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I'm fortunate to have had a lot of life experience, you know, um, to help me to make hard decisions. Like in and amongst COVID, I'd also um left my marriage and like so many things that helped contribute to being able to say, do you know what? This isn't working and that's okay. And close a chapter and, and kind of choose the right kind of hard for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um new beginnings, new chapters. New beginnings, yes. Now, I really want to hear about new beginnings and, and mm -hmm. what is now your new adventure before we do that. Uh, I know for a lot of owners, um, hard decisions are hard, mm -hmm. um, but the juggle between uh, running a professional establishment, um, holding on to a little bit of self, you know, business and personal get quite blurred we mm. lose the line between what is me as a human versus what is me as a leader yes. or a business owner um, or, or a parent um, what would be maybe if you would think about the other owners out there that are struggling um, what would be your takeaway for balancing the juggle because I think maybe it's not balanced maybe it's oh. about the juggle Man managing the juggle between mm. personal and professional life what are your thoughts I don't know that I can uh, make a recommendation on how to balance that. I think that was ultimately what contributed to my decision to close. Um, when I opened Loxies, I was a baby, like an actual baby. Um, I was 19 or 20, I think, when I did my training. Um, I'm 36 now. And I've changed so much and evolved so much as a human along the way, right, with all this life experience that I've gathered. Um, and I think the reason I couldn't do the business anymore was because personal Kate and business Kate, they just couldn't live side by side anymore. Like I had gotten quite good at putting on my work hat, making, being the boss, making hard decisions, you know, having hard conversations, all of these things. But I think that through COVID um, there were so many hard decisions that had to be made to save the business that impacted my team on a personal level. And it was really starting to eat away at my soul. <laughs> it was like, this is just, you know, an example would be um, I'm dipping in and out of burnout, you know, 10 times over the last three years. Um, I understand more than anything how important it is to take care of your mental health. That is just, that has to be non-negotiable. 
But then one of my team members would be having a hard time with their mental health. And all I'm thinking about is, well, but you, you're fully booked for the week and we need that cash because I've got payroll coming in. You know, so I found this conflict between personal Kate would have been like, you go and take time and you do whatever you need to do to get yourself into a better space so that you can give your all to your clients. Um, so I think that was that was one of the hardest things for me in the in the latter part of the journey was just I can't be these two very separate people anymore. Um, and yeah, so I don't, I don't know if there is balance. Um, and I think that maybe I'm just not the type of person that's cut out to deal with, you know, I had 25 staff at one stage and all the different personalities and just that's probably not my biggest strength. Um, so I'm taking that learning into what I'm doing next um, because it's just, it's not a huge strength of mine because I'm, I connect too much with people and I can, you know, it's hard to separate personal and business for me. Yeah. Does that answer? Oh yeah. I think, um, I think that you'll find a lot of people are nodding their heads right now. Yeah. As doing, like, yeah. This, 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 <laughs> yeah. this is a thing. This is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I felt I, glad like in the last couple of weeks before we closed, it was like, it was a beautiful time where my team got to know Kate, you know, they knew business owner Kate before who was like wage costs and this and that and you know and it was like I'm just me now and it was this most beautiful connection with them of them getting to know a really different person which felt nice I think that's a that's something that uh, I think uh, when we're new in business in any case um, it's hard to know how much of ourselves do we give to our team mm. how much do we hold back we don't want to burden them with the burden yeah. of business because it's the weight is heavy sometimes yes um but if we don't give enough then there, there's no connection and then they don't understand mm -hmm. the ups and the downs and yes. we can come across very black and white and yeah pay the bills and you know yeah. make the money um mm. and so striking that balance I think is yeah. challenging um I think I've decided that the balance is uh to always be open and honest but not mm -hmm. to lay the weight upon yes the, the yeah. weight is mine but I but I won't hide the truth mm, or mm. how it affects me yeah. I think it's it's times when we're so in the bubble or the pain of mm. the weight of, of owning a business yes. and that we blurt it upon them and now they're holding yes. the weight I think that's Absolutely. the skill that's an improvement right 100% yeah. and it's yeah. it's been so fascinating with the team because I'm still in touch with all of them the way that we ended was just so such a beautiful um time um, but the majority of them have actually gone out to do freelance work now they're renting a chair so all these little baby businesses have sprouted out of the closure of the salons um, and they're all getting it now they're like oh my gosh and even before they were freelance in the two weeks when we stayed open before we closed they were coming to me going oh my gosh we get it we get it we're so well paid here we're going out and we you know we're seeing what it's like out there we understand you know how good we have it here and um it was like light bulbs coming on everywhere and now that they're doing their own businesses they're like I need to take a sick day but if I don't work then I don't get paid and I'm like I know I get it oh I just understand <laughs> so it's been a massive learning experience for everybody involved yeah. and we've connected yeah. so much more post-closure yeah. now you are doing really exciting things now so yes. I would love to hear like of all of the lessons and part of me feels like you've kind of gone back 
to the core thing that you are really passionate about. So yes. tell us like, what is the journey that you're on right now? Yes. Okay. So I have a new business, which is called Hair by Loxies. Um, it is, it's wholesaling the same beautiful premium quality, ethically sourced hair extensions that made Loxies really successful. Um, it was something that we were doing um, when the salons were open. It was one small part of the business at the time. Um, and I've just taken it and I'm trying to scale it up. Um, I, and I say trying to scale it up. It's six months in and I'm quite in awe of how well things are going, which is incredibly humbling and a testament to the product as well. Um, I think that Loxies, you know, I'm so I'm so proud of the legacy that we have and that we had such a fantastic reputation, not just with our clients, but with other salons. So when word got out that we were closing and that people could get Loxies here within their own salons, it's just been this onslaught of salons that know how good the hair is wanting to stock it within their salons. Um, so it's been a wild, um, yeah, an incredible six months. And I am, I'm, I'm solving the problem that I had in the very early days of the business, which was um, bad hair extensions. You know, I just could not find good hair extensions. Um, I nearly lost the business in the early days after dealing with a bad batch of hair that I had to replace like 15 or 20 heads of hair with um, new hair because the hair was bad. And I just couldn't find anything that was consistent enough that I could sleep at night without worrying, you know. Um, and so I um, I created this brand. I've been working with the same manufacturer for around about 10 years now. Same hair that we were using in the salons. Um, and yeah, it's been incredibly successful because people have the same pain points that I had in the early days of the business. And they're just so happy to have hair that they can rely on now. So that's that's my new thing. And I have no team members. I have I work from home. Um, I have no overheads. It's all of the things that, you know, when I really took a critical look at what I wanted to do next, it was like, I love my team, but I don't want staff. I, you know, I love the salons, but these overheads, you know, these are the these are the things that the new business needs to have. Um, and it was just a natural evolution, I suppose, to take that part of the salons and to focus solely on that. It's going really well. I love it. Going back to the kind of the core thing, yeah. the problem that you're trying to solve. And mm. I think um, creating demand has been something that you are naturally good at and you can oh, do probably you. with your eyes closed. Um, thank you. So it feels like the, the perfect solution. Tell us a little bit about uh, the hair itself. Mm. Why is it different? How does it work? Why would I choose Loxies over something else? Mm. Um, so the hair that we work with is just, it's such high quality. So most hair extensions that you'll find will last around three to six months. The hair that I work with will be, I mean, we have some clients still using the same hair after 18 months. Um, so it's it, it responds the same way that your natural hair does. It's the closest thing that you can get to your own natural hair. And it is human hair. Um, the differences are that it's ethically sourced. So um, there's a real dark side of sourcing of hair extensions. It's really hard to know where they've come from. Um, if they're from, you know, eight-year-old girls, um, but like there's a lot of hair extension crime in Russia and things like that. Um, so it's, I understand and have been there and witnessed it for myself, every touch point of, of our hair's journey. Um, so it's ethically sourced in that 
It comes from women who are old enough to decide what they do with their hair between the ages of 19 and 40. Um, they have their hair cut to bob length. They are paid personally for, you know, giving their hair to the manufacturer. Um, so they can benefit from it. They decide what to do with the money that they're paid. Um, and then through to the manufacturing process. And the, the manufacturer in China is just phenomenal in terms of how they treat their team, the culture, um, you know, I went to other warehouses and uh, other factories in China, and it was terrifying to see the practices there. Um, and I think that it's an industry that's so dangerous in that I can be over here on my computer in New Zealand, emailing a manufacturer in China and believing everything that they tell me. And unless you actually go there and witness the whole journey, you can never really be sure where your money's going. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's beautiful here. The quality is second to none. I'm yet to find anything that competes with it. Um, and it's consistent and that's just got to be the best part of it is you're not getting one, one lot of hair, which is great. And the next is terrible. You can absolutely rely that it's going to be the same consistent quality each time. Um, yeah, I've not had, I've actually not even had a single return from any of our, my wholesale clients, which really speaks volumes. So I'm excited and passionate about it, as you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just, yeah, I'm obsessed with this hair and um, everyone else seems to be as well, which is a beautiful yeah, thing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great. So as a business owner, uh, many mm -hmm. times over now, what would you say is a quote or a mantra, something that really feels true for you, given the journey that you've been on? Um, given the journey I've been on, um, fail fast, fail often and fail forward is a good one. And I think it's a quote that can, um, you know, you can use it at any stage of business, right? So it's like on a smaller level, the stylist that you bought on, that you were so sure they were going to be the answer to all your prayers and hopes and dreams, and it just doesn't work out with them. Um, and the 90 day trial is coming up and you need to make a hard decision. It's like, not letting your ego get in the way of doing what's right and just moving on, you know, um, making a hard decision respectfully um, and moving on for the greater good of your team. And then you look at it from the other side of things, which is, I suppose, my most recent decisions in May to close the salons and, and the confusion that I got from everyone when, I, when the news broke, because it's easy to have external success but on a personal level, if I'm so stressed managing it all and I'm not a good mother and a good partner and I'm not able to be present in my personal life, then that's a failure to me. So again, just make the hard decision, learn from it and move forward. That's no, I mean, yeah, the word failure is in there three times, but I don't see any of it as failure. I just see it as new opportunities for learning. So I think that's my, you know, when I think about the story, I think it's like, in one's lifetime um nobody said we have to be successful at every point mm. and and, and um, success is not a straight line upwards it's a jiggity jaggedy line up and down mm -hmm. and so that really is a chapter that's allowed you to move on to this next chapter oh absolutely um, yeah yeah and so that's why I, I would never regret COVID any of those things it's like I can look back and go oh if only if only if only like it's so many points across the journey but I'm where I'm meant to be, you know, so yeah, I'm just exactly. so grateful for all of the learning along the way that's landed me exactly where I'm meant to be. Mm. So mm. no regrets. What's a, a, a book or a podcast or someone that you follow that you think all oh, salon owners need to get their hands on? 
Yeah, look, I um, it's not a business um, one or specific to salon owners, but I read Glennon Doyle Untamed in the first lockdown, and my life has just changed exponentially since reading that. Um, she has a podcast as well, which is called We Do Hard Things. Um, and it's ultimately, it, it's so confronting. You need to be careful if you read it, disclaimer. <laughs> um, but it's really about challenging um, our conditioning, be it, you know, through our family, through our social systems, what, um, what people think we should be um, and versus what we actually want. What is our music? What's the song that we want to sing? Um, and that's reading that book allowed me to, to make hard decisions more in my life, to really tune in into what's important to me. Um, and I think I mentioned it earlier, but she talks a lot about, you know, hard things. And I suppose for me, staying in the business was hard and leaving the business was hard, but I choose I chose the right hard for me. Um, so I think... Yeah, everybody must read this book. Um, but I think anything that you can do personal development wise is always going to benefit you on a business level, right? So it's not specifically related to business, but any learning that you can do about yourself, um, about why you do the things that you do is going to benefit you on a business level as well. So it's all Absolutely. intertwined. Yeah. Absolutely. And we love to listen to a podcast. So that's oh yeah. Even better. <laughs> we do. <laughs> um, right. I know people are going to want to stalk you. They're going to want to find out who is Kate. What are her extensions about? Where can we find you? What's your dub dub and your socials? Um, so www.herebyloxies.com and on Instagram at herebyloxies. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing your journey. There are lots of lessons for us to take away and to be inspired by um, and even to think about, you know, what are new things that we can do on the back of hard? So I love that. Mm -hmm. Appreciate your Thank time. Thank you. Thank you, Larissa. Appreciate it. Such a great episode and a huge thank you, Kate, for sharing your raw story with us. It really is an incredible story. And building a brand to have multiple salons and then to have the bravery to say, I've got to stop. This isn't working. I need to change direction because it's really tough and it's a draining decision to make. So I feel such bravery from you and then to take what many would see as a failure closing down the business and turning it around into something really positive and really that fits you best I think the key takeaways from this episode is yes we agree business is hard running a salon can really feel challenging but you don't need to be a success at every point of your life there will always be a time where there are peaks and troughs and flows and it feels like if you're stuck in a big deep dark hole it, you just need to find your way to climb back up and out. So I'd love to know what you thought of Kate's story. I post this podcast in our Profitable and Successful Owners group each and every week where you can find all of my business owner secrets. This is where I'd love to hear your thoughts. So jump in there and let's give a bit of a shout out to Kate. But really quick, before you head off, I feel like a rising tide, it lifts all boats. And if we that's you and me, want to lift this industry and help owners build better team-based salon brands, then my goal is to make sure that this podcast not only has amazing guests on it, but reaches more salon owners who are in need, who are overwhelmed or feel like they're winging it in business and just a little direction is all that they need. And I know this podcast can provide that. 
then I'm going to invite you to subscribe to this podcast because if you do, more owners will discover the podcast and it kind of jigs the algorithm a little bit. And if more owners get to listen to the podcast, then I feel like I'm doing my job to lift up the industry, to make salon ownership a profitable and successful and viable career path for the up and comings for the hair and beauty industry. Okay, so make sure you do that now. And otherwise, it's ciao from me until same time, same place next week. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.